I'm going to start off the new year with this series we're calling Mindset because it requires the right mindset to walk in victory. And so let's talk about developing a winner's mindset this morning. I'm going to say it's good to have Lily Eccles. Wave at us, Lily. That's Doug's daughter. Her, her boyfriend, Tyler, it's good to have. I love the Eccles family. They're my best friends in all the world, and they stand for the move of God. Paul said, Fight. Paul said, fight. Paul said, fight. Fight for what? Fight the good fight of You have to fight to believe. You have to fight to believe that everything God said, he's going to do. Fight to believe that everything that's in the book is going to come to pass. Fight to believe every prophetic word given over your life, God will bring it to pass. Fight to believe that God has your best intentions in mind and he has the best for you in this life. Come on, somebody. Fight to believe that you don't have to be sick and diseased and die that way. Fight to believe you don't have to be depressed and have anxiety and live that way. Fight to believe that every member of your family can be saved. Fight to believe that you'll see the glory of God in this lifetime. Fight to believe that you're going to walk in Holy Ghost power 365, 24-7. Fight to believe that you're going to move in the gifts of the Holy Ghost and everything God has for you. Fight to believe that every morning you wake up is going to be another day of victory. Fight to believe that the devil's going to hate to see you open your eyes every morning. Fight to believe that you're a winner. Fight to believe that you're an overcomer. Fight to believe that you're more than a conqueror. Somebody give him a shout. Come on, shout it out. I'm a fighter. Fight to believe. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul begins teaching here the Ephesians. If you follow the whole book, he begins with this high theology of the church, this high theology of Jesus. And then he walks it out, and then it kind of steps down to, now this is how you should live in the present. Then he comes back up in chapter 6 into the spiritual realm. So really, it's like in literature, it's like an inclusio. It's like, it's like bookends. He's coming, he's starting high, and he's going low, and he's coming back high. And he says this in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. F- put on the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Not in the power of our own ability. Don't rest in your own ability, but rest in His ability in your life. That God has given you all you need to win the battle. God has given you all you need to overcome. God has given you all you need if you walk and trust in His power and His authority and not in your own power or strength. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. And then he said, put on the fullness of God. Really this term here uh, in Greek is where we get the term plethora. Put on all of God. Put on all of his ability. Put on, take on all of his characteristics. 
take on the fullness of who God is in your life. And then, of course, we know Paul was writing this in prison, and he's attached to a Roman soldier or to a group of soldiers. And Paul can look down their physical body and he can see the breastplate and he can see the sword and he can see the helmet he can see the shoes and he uses them as an analogy to teach here about the fullness of God a Roman soldier fully clothed was an analogy of God fully clothed and God's fullness coming on the Christian who is fully clothed in the power of God so he says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood so put on the fullness of God's ability in your life. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So put on the fullness of God's ability in your life. And then he says in verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, blood but... See, you thought your problem was your wife. You thought your problem was your mom. You thought your problem was your neighbor. No, your problem is in the spirit realm. Your adversary is in the spirit realm. You're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but you're wrestling against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in in heavenly places. You're wrestling. You and I, our battle, our fight is with the enemy. And then he comes on down and he says, Therefore... Take on the fullness of God's armor. And here it is. That you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your waist girded with truth. To fight the enemy, you got to walk in truth. you got to watch words. Because words need to align with truth. As Tyler was saying, when we align our words with truth, untruths we're playing into the enemy's plan for our life and you have to fight that you have to fight it every day you have to fight that battle of words and that battle for truth because you could get up and you could very easily just play into the talk of everyone at the table or play into the talk of everyone on CNN or Fox News or play into the talk of every, you know, everything that's going on in society around you. It's very easy just to fall into that. Things are bad, aren't they? Yeah, things are bad. Your grandma died of a heart attack. Yes, I know it's in my family. I'm, I'm going to have to face it too. And you latch on and you don't fight. But you receive untruths or perceived truths or seasonal issues, and you take them on as truth in your life. I want you in 2023 to fight every bit of that. Fight it all. Fight with your words. Fight with your thinking. Fight, get a different mindset, and start thinking like a winner. Well, well, there's high inflation. Yeah, but there isn't in God's economy, and I've been sowing into God's economy for many decades. And God can turn things around like the stock market has never seen. Somebody in your family died of diabetes. Yeah, you know what? But I don't have to. I can change it right now. I can pray. I can seek God. I can eat better. I can walk. I can exercise. I can change this right now. 
And I'm going to get to mindset not of defeat and accepting some sort of perceived blueprint that's been set up for my life, but I'm going to take authority and start to fight this thing right now in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. And then he says, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. The devil wants to come and make you believe you're always a sinner. Well, brother, we're just sinners saved by grace. Well, we are saved by grace, but we ain't no longer sinners. It's not Bible language. That's not language of the New Testament. Paul didn't say, hey, I'm a sinner and I can't barely make it from day to day. I'm just trying to grab any little thread of victory I can find. I'm trying to make it. I can't even hardly preach. I feel so wretched. He didn't say any of that. He said, I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. They left me for dead. I got back up and went back to preaching. I was shipwrecked. You know what happened when I was shipwrecked? I got off the boat, went to Publius's house, healed him, and had a great healing meeting, and the whole island came to Jesus. I'm not defeated. I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm a saint, and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Not perfect, but I am sanctified, and I've been set apart for his purposes. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, if I've got more faith in the blood of Jesus than that. I believe the blood of Jesus doesn't just partially wash you clean. I believe he washes you head to toe, spirit, soul, and body, making you a different creature. You aren't just the same old person with another label stamped on you. No, he who is in Christ is a new creation for old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm not the man I used to be. Sin shall no longer have dominion in your mortal body. It's been burnt out of you. It's been slammed and sealed and eliminated from your life. Come on, somebody shout, I am a winner. Shout it out, I am a fighter. Take the, take the righteousness onto you and say, God, no, I'm, I, this isn't who I am. I wasn't born to look at pornography. I wasn't born to be an alcoholic. Jesus didn't pay his price on the cross so I could live in the muck and mire. He sanctified me and set me apart so I could live and walk a highway called the highway of holiness. Come on, follow peace with all men and holiness without no man shall see the Lord. He, your best life is a life that's clean and sanctified. That's your best life. Come on, say, I'm going to talk right. I'm going to live right. This is who you are. We're taking on the fullness of God so we can fight. He comes down to the next verse and he says, And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. There's something about walking in peace that every day you'll be tested and you'll have to fight for the peace, of, for, for the peace and to get in that peace spot in your life. Because there'll be things come intentionally trying to rock you off of the peace. If you're living in this world, you'll have some stuff that'll come and try to take you off of the, the equilibrium of peace in your life. But we just have to declare, God, you are my peace. 
You come and you umpire my life through peace. The peace of God shall rule and reign in your heart according to Jesus Christ. The peace of God shall rule and reign in your heart. That's why something terrible can happen. And you can walk through it unlike other people. Because you have something in you that the world don't have. You have something in you that came from heaven. You have a peace of God on you and in you like others around you will just stand amazed up. You can walk into the fire and not be burned. You can walk through the earthquake and not be harmed. Hallelujah. You can walk through a family crisis and not be shaken or, or, or taken off your peace game. You can walk through it and still have peace. This is the part of the character of God that we take into ourselves and we clothe ourselves with so that we may fight. Can somebody shout hallelujah? And above all, somebody say above all. Above all. When he says above all, it means pay attention. This is the main point I want to make. Taking the shield of faith with which you can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So you have to fight the fight of faith and get the mindset every day that I'm going to believe God. No matter what I feel like, no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what other people say to me, I choose to take on the character of God and walk in faith in this situation. Come on, somebody needs to, everybody needs to hear that this morning. That when Satan starts firing at you, the defense you have is to put up the shield. No, I believe the word of God. No, I believe what God has said, not what you're saying. No, no, I believe the word of God over what I'm feeling right now. No, no, I believe the word of God over what the news media says right now. No, I believe the word of God over what I see right now. The word of God becomes, the shield of faith becomes that with which you quench all of his attack. Come on, somebody lift your hand and say, Lord, let me walk with the shield of faith around me. And then he says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So we know we clothe ourselves in God's salvation. This term sozo means salvation and deliverance and healing. So we clothe ourselves with salvation and deliverance and healing. The word sozo in the New Testament is translated many times salvation. Many other times it's translated as healing. Same word. Many times it's translated as salvation. Many other times it's translated as healing. So I want to take all that and clothe myself with God's salvation. And then he says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. If you'll notice how Jesus fought the enemy in Matthew chapter 3. When Satan came against him in the wilderness, how did he fight? Jesus fought with the word. Every time he came back with the word and he fought with the word. Satan would come to him with a temptation. No, 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 hold on, bro. It is written. Satan came with a temptation. No, 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 no. Hold on. It is written. Satan came with a temptation. No, hold on. It is written. Get thee behind me. He didn't really rebuke him until the third response with the word. 
So how do we fight? We come back with the scripture that we've put into our spirit through the years. And I'm telling you, you may be, this is a great time to start reading your Bible through, by the way. And when you pack the word of God in, maybe there's some days you feel like you're not even getting it or understanding it. Or maybe you're not retaining anything. But I guarantee you when you go through a trial that the Holy Ghost is going to come and is going to reference that scripture that you've packed in your being. And he's going to bring it back up to your remembrance so you can fight with that. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. Come on, somebody shout out, I'm a fighter. Look at at this verse again. There's something else here that we often miss. And it's verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying always. There's a consistency. Praying always with supplication in the spirit. I traveled in different countries of the world with Dr. Elias Malkey and he used to teach this verse and he believed that that supplication in the spirit, in pneumati in Greek, is really a reference to praying in tongues. That it's really a reference to praying in tongues. And so Paul is saying one of the weapons you have is your prayer life. That you pray. And not only do you pray, you pray and you don't give up. And not only do you not pray and give up, you pray in the Holy Ghost like we did earlier. You let the Spirit of God come and take over and take and take on the fullness of God's character that you can fight with the Spirit. Can somebody shout amen? You know what happens when things go really wrong? I pray in the Spirit. You know what happens when things go really right? I pray in the Spirit. You know what happens on a daily basis? I pray in the Spirit. You know what happens when someone cuts me off in traffic and flips me off? I pray in the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You have, because when you're praying in the Spirit, you are praying mysteries. And you're praying about stuff that you don't even know is going to happen in your life. And God is preparing you for what will come. You know, in World War II, that the U.S. Army had an issue, or U.S. Navy, or our our military had an issue. And that was that the Japanese... We're decoding our messages. And so they were decoding all of our messages and we had no secrets left to fight with. But somebody brilliantly realized that there were Navajos who had a language that wasn't written. And so they recruited some Navajo Indians to be code talkers. Sure, I feel chills on this. And they could send the messages in the Navajo language and they were never decoded. Why? Because the Japanese didn't know the Navajo language. 
We have a language that Satan can't intercept, that he can't decode. Because when I speak in tongues, I speak mysteries in the spirit. I speak with the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. Hallelujah. It's like Commissioner Gordon picking up the bat phone. And that bat phone had one wire, went straight back to the bat cave, only to Batman. It's like when you talk in tongues, you got one line directly to the throne room. Hallelujah. And you start praying in the spirit. Satan, I don't believe, can decode it or pick it up. You've got a language straight to heaven to do warfare with. God, I'm in trouble and I need your help. And you start opening up. You start picking up the phone and dialing directly to heaven. Great Assemblies of God preacher, Burt Clendenin. Years ago, he was diagnosed with a terrible heart condition. And he was preaching a lot of revivals. And the doctor said, you can't preach anymore. You must rest. And he said, okay, I just have one more revival. And then I'm going to rest and try to take care of myself. So he went and preached that one more revival. And fell dead of a heart attack. Right in the pulpit. Coded right in the pulpit. A nurse was in the crowd and came up and basically said he's gone. But he said what was weird is I could hear them talking. And he said I heard my wife come to find out later she was only praying in tongues. He heard it all in English while he was coded on the pulpit. And he was hearing, God, I need this man. This man's got to help raise these kids. God, I need him to bring, bring him back to life. I need him in my life in Jesus' name. And she heard in English all that, he heard in English all that she was praying in tongues. Because the Holy Ghost knows the depths of God. And he comes and plums the depths of our needs and wants. And he carries them back to the depths of God. And deep calls unto deep at the noise of your water spouts. And God sets things in motion that we don't have the intellect to set in motion. Pray always with supplication in the Spirit. Come on, somebody give him a shout hallelujah. Do y'all have more time this morning? I don't know if anything's open, so you might as well stay in church for a little while. Take your Bible and turn to Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll show you a few things. Then we'll give you something to run on. Ephesians chapter 1, let's look at verse 10. Sorry, let's look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Now he said we wrestle in heavenly places and we fight in heavenly places. But he began the book by saying that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing where? In heavenly places. So in the realm that you and I fight in, God's already given us everything we need. Look at verse 20. 
which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand, where? In the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but that which is in the age to come. Now, I know these terms aren't exact, but there are four strata of powers listed here. Notice that in Ephesians 6, there are also four strata of powers listed. So the powers that we're fighting in Ephesians chapter 6, I'm just going to make a logical assumption that Jesus has already conquered them. And now he's seated far above them in the heavenly places. So everything that's thrown at you and I, he's already defeated. And everything that fights us down here, he's seated above up there. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And has raised us up together. To sit together, where? In the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So not only has Jesus conquered all of the heavenly strata of demonic forces and has been seated above them. But you and I somehow, when we come to Christ, are positionally taken and seated with Him above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. About 12 of y'all got that, so I'm going to say it again. Everything that we're fighting, he has already overcome. Not only that, but he's raised us up to sit together in the position of authority that he has over all these things that come against us. I'm about ready to run down the food line right now, Tommy, praising God. Come on, somebody. I'm going to say it again for the people in the amen corner. Everything you're fighting, he's already defeated, and he seated you with him in that position of victory. You're a winner. You're a winner before the fight ever begins. The fight is fixed. Doesn't mean we don't have to fight, but it's already fixed. You know, as many of y'all know, I'm a, I'm a University of Kentucky fan. Here's one thing about a fan. You're a fan when they do well, and you're a fan when they do bad. I'm not a seasonal fan. I was born into it. I was born bleeding blue, the correct color blue. I'm sorry. Forgive me for saying that. I was born bleeding blue. But you know when I enjoy watching them most? 
I'm, I'm not even lying. When they're about 50 points ahead. How many Carolina fans do we have? Come on now. How many Carolina fans do we have? Wow. How many Duke fans do we have? How many NC State fans do we have? How many ECSU fans do we have? Don't you love it when your team gets about 50 points ahead? Because when they get that far ahead, you're like, I'm going to go in the kitchen and get me something to drink. I'm going to call my friends and talk and I'm going to smile because when you know that you've already won, you can walk in peace. Come on, somebody. I want you to walk away with these three points today. Number one, you, when, you, when you know you've already won, you've got peace. When you know that Jesus already has it all figured out, that he's already conquered the things we're fighting, we can walk in peace. I have an uncle who's a diehard UK fan. I mean, would lay in the car in the cold winters to listen to Kaywood Ledford call the games. Grew up playing on a dirt basketball court in Kentucky. It's a fan. His family said he loved it when they got about 50 points ahead. You can walk in peace. Come on, you should lift your hand if, you, if, you, if you're getting this this morning. You should walk in some peace. This year, Jesus has already conquered everything that's going to come against you. He's already the victor. He's got the victor's crown. Second thing that happens when you know that you've won is that then you have no fear. You have no fear. Fear is eliminated from your life. David walked up to the battlefield and he looked at Goliath and here's this giant coming against this teenage boy. And he said, you come against me with shield and sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. <laughs> Meaning I'm coming to you in the name of the commander of God's armies. And I will take your head off you. And I will feed your flesh to the fowl of the air. That's a young man that knew he had already won the victory before he walked on the battlefield. Come on, somebody. He already knew the victory was won before the fight ever took place. God came to Jehoshaphat through a prophetic word and he said he was outnumbered. I've preached it many times here. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put the praise team on the front lines. And I want you to walk into battle praising the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Why? Because the battle had already been won. It was won in a prayer meeting. It was won when the prophetic word was given. All they had to do was go out there and walk in what God had already said. Come on, somebody shout peace. peace. Somebody shout no fear. no fear. And when you know you've won the battle, you have joy. 
you can start the celebration early. You ever see like the Super Bowl when it gets down to the fourth quarter and one team's winning by like three touchdowns? People start leaving. Why? Because they know it's over. The defeated fans know it's over and they don't want to see the end of it. And some who know it's over leave anyhow because they can rejoice all the way home. And they can walk back three miles to their car with that ticket stub that they paid hundreds of dollars for to sit maybe in the cold with no child care. Are y'all catching my drift here? I'll leave it at that. But when you know the victory's won, you can shout and you can rejoice and you can dance and you can sing praises to God because you know that the fight is fixed, it's over, it's sealed. All it is is a matter of time until the buzzer blows and that thing is ended. Hallelujah. I don't know. I want you to get this this morning. I want you to develop this winner's mindset in 2023. You are a winner. You are a victor. Jesus has already defeated everything that's going to come against you. So go ahead and walk in peace. Go ahead and walk in no fear. And go ahead and shout and dance your way into 2023. I dare you to stand on your feet and go ahead and shout right now and just give him a praise. Like the battle's already been won. Come on, I dare you to make some noise and get rowdy because the fight has already been fixed. Hallelujah. You've already won in the name of Jesus. Come on, give him a shout. A vow of praise brought Jonah out of the well. Come on, hallelujah. A dance and a shout led David into a new season, bringing the presence of God back into the, the Mount Zion. When the priests dedicated the temple to God, the glory of God descended on that praise ceremony, and it became so thick they had to hit their faces and couldn't even minister. Why? Because God, when he shows up, victory is in the house. Hallelujah. And we might as well praise. The Bible says praise waits for you on Mount Zion, O Lord. Meaning that the musicians are seated, ready to strike the notes because they know when God arrives that his presence is coming and everything's going to be all right. Well, I'm telling you what. His presence is in here this morning. I've already felt him. He said, where two or three of you gather in my name, I'm in the midst. If any two of you touch anything and agree, it shall be done. Jesus said you've asked nothing up to this point in my name but I'm telling you from this moment on whatever you ask in my name the Father will do it for you we're living in the New Testament church the presence of God is in you and I now that means victory is walking in me every morning victory is in you this morning victory is coming out of your mouth and victory is coming out of your hands so go ahead and praise him Hallelujah, like you've won every battle that will ever come against you. The devil is defeated. He is a liar. We are the winners. Go ahead and give him a praise.
I got the victory, I got the victory, I got the victory, I 
for me when I think of his good and how he set me free. I can dance, 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 dance all night. Come on, sing it again. When I think of his goodness and what he's done for me when I think of his good and how he set me free. I can dance, 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 dance all night. Oh, give the Lord a praise, hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together and give him a clap offering. Hallelujah. I want the altar workers to join me right quickly. We're going to lay hands on anybody who's sick this morning and believe God to heal you. Let's start off this year right. Amen. Healed and blessed. Winner. How many know you're a winner now? Got a winner's mindset. You know, any good coach would put a winner's mindset in their team. I mean, I played sports, but I never had a coach come to us saying, boys, we're going to lose tonight. We might as well just give it up. I didn't care if we were playing the greatest team ever. Our coach still went out there and said, here's what we got to do to win. There's a way that there's a path to victory, and here's what we have to do. Amen. Every great coach knows how to put a win, has a winning mindset. We used to race motorcycles, and uh, my brother was a great, was a state champion, hair scrambler. And I never heard he or his friends approach a race like, well, we know there's no hope for us in this thing. No, they'd start thinking. They were, we were all from the mountains, so we rode in the roughest terrain. And I remember my brother saying, I hope it rains. Because some of those boys can't ride in rain. We can ride in rain. Hope they have a lot of hills. Because we're built for the hills. Some of these other guys never seen a hill. Hope it's tough. I mean, it's a winner's mindset. Then before the race, my brother would always say, I'm going to put my race face on. I still say it. I'm going to get my race face. You know what your race face is? I ain't playing around anymore. Some of y'all need to get your race face on in 2023. You're a winner. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, put your race face on. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not serving the Lord this morning and you've never accepted Christ into your life, you feel his convicting power moving in your heart right now. Don't turn that away. This is God coming and visiting you. And he wants to bring you into his kingdom. He wants to wrap his loving arms around you, wash away all sin, and bring you into the fullness of, of his life. If you're in this building this morning, you've never accepted Christ, I want to pray for you. If you just lift your hand where you stand and indicate it to me, say, Pastor Hans, I want to accept the Lord into my life. Let me see your hand this morning. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. You can put your hands down. Maybe there's others. Say, Pastor Hans, I want to accept Christ into my life this morning. Or maybe I've not been where I need to be. 2023, I want to start this year right. I want to ask the Lord to renew that relationship that I used to have with him. If that's you, let me see your hand. We're going to pray for you. Thank you, guys.
You know, my grandparents, on New Year's Day, my granddad went to my grandma's. He said, we're going to get our lives right with the Lord. New Year's Day. We're going to serve God. They live right next to a little church of God up on the hill. And that day, they went up to the church of God, and when the altar was given, altar call was given, they went down to the altar and renewed. They, they, really, my granddad had backslidden. And he went and renewed his commitment to the Lord. And he was an amazing believer the rest of his life. I had another couple in this church came years ago. They said, it's New Year's Day. And in this new year, we just said, we're going to church. And that year, they went to church 52 Sundays. And God did a work in their life. Not just because it's New Year's Day. You should feel like this every Sunday. But got a little extra motivation today. Make a determination right now. This year, me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. This is a year we're going to advance forward in the things of God. Come on, every head bowed. Pray out loud with me. Father, I dedicate my life to you. Let this year be a year of consecration that I dedicate my heart to you. Take me forward in the things of God. I repent of all sin, all offense. I leave it behind. Jesus, become Lord of my life. Sit on the throne seat of my heart. I give you full control in the name of Jesus. Thank you I'm saved. Thank you I'm born again. Thank you that I have new life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Now put your hands together and give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, He is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin, and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracle signs and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us. 